Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us a part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And if you listen to Locked On Kentucky on a regular basis, you're going to get info on the cats that you just won't get anywhere else. Here's what we're talking about today. UK football taking on Vanderbilt Saturday. We're going to get into some predictions there. Uh, Lynn Bowden, some some good stuff on him. Uh, award finalist, one of four. Uh, and then does he want to play for Coach Cal? We'll discuss that. Also some UK basketball signees today. And then the James Wiseman saga continues. But we begin with UK football. Good evening, Kyle. We're recording this on Thursday night. Good evening. It's uh, almost time for another football game. To, I think most Kentucky fans are hoping cleanse their palate of this uh, horrific week they've had. <laughs> uh. um, and nothing, nothing cures what ails you or potentially drives a stake through your heart uh, like, play, <laughs> like playing Vanderbilt. Uh, oh, they can't I, lose this game. They just can't. No, and, can't. And, and, boy, as I sat down to prepare our over-unders for yes. this game – it is shocking how bad Vanderbilt is. Uh, I mean, we know they're bad. Our eyes tell us they're bad. Their two and seven record overall and one and five in the conference uh, tells us they're bad. But they are really, really bad. Like it, it's shameful <laughs> that Missouri lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, it is, and that's that's where Kentucky is. If you lose this game, uh. You know, there's there's no amount of griping by fans that would be too much. No matter what your quarterback situation is, this would be a disastrous, unforgivable loss. And I'll, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. I, I will I will crush them if they lose this game because let me read these numbers to you. Well, before you get to that, Arkansas is the worst team in the SEC. So that's who Kentucky beat, and then Kentucky beat Missouri, and Vanderbilt beat Missouri. And so here's Vanderbilt. So this is basically a game for Kentucky to make sure they're not right there in the last three. They have to be. They would be above that that line. Yeah, just they would above be. It. They would be out of the basement of the league. Yes. Uh, and plus, again, we said this. You win this game, you're essentially in a bowl game because you still have UT Martin to go. But I got to um, tell you, Kyle, Derek Mason had me convinced because when Mark Stoops said before last season at Media Days. He was talking his team up, and he was like, this is the best, this is the best. I'm not shy to say it. It's the best team I've had at Kentucky. Derek Mason was saying the same thing before this season, and he made me think that they had maybe something, and they have absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, let me let me just tell you how little they have. <laughs> this, I, I honestly didn't know it was this bad. So we'll start with the defense. They rank last in the SEC in total defense. 13th out of 14 teams in scoring defense, 13th in rushing defense, 13 in passing defense, last in sacks, and last in turnovers forced. They are worst or second worst in the league in every major defensive category. Yeah. But but at least maybe they're a little better on offense. Actually, they are worse on offense. <laughs> they are last in the SEC in total offense, last in the SEC in scoring offense, last in the SEC in rushing offense, Last oh in last in sacks allowed and next to last in passing offense. They are a cure for what ails you. I mean, it, they better be. 
You know, like if you've got if you've got twenty two uh, two legged uh, mammals <laughs> in in helmets, you should be able to beat Vanderbilt. Um, I I mean it's just it, it's shocking to me. So we'll, we'll start. That's the baseline. Vanderbilt sucks at everything. Uh, and now, I could not have imagined that. I haven't looked at all that, but I could not. If you would have told me where they rank, I wouldn't have said last or second to last in every major statistical category on both sides of the ball. I mean, literally everything. Like, like that's every, like the four major cat or the five major categories. You know, on either side of the ball, just kind of the ones that everybody just goes right to, and they're not. We're not talking advanced stats, but. You know, total total offense or total defense, scoring offense or defense, rushing and passing. Those are, and those, are the, those are the five categories. And they are last or second to last in all of those on both sides of the ball. And then they're last in sacks and last in sacks allowed. <laughs> they don't get to the quarterback and everybody gets to their quarterback. I mean, it. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a profile like this. I can't believe they're not 0-9. And yet, Keyshawn Vaughn, their star running back, is fourth in the SEC in rushing. Yes, so, and, the, and that's the one where we're bright gonna, spot. That's where we're going to start for our over okay. unders. Right. Keyshawn Vaughn uh, over under a hundred yards rushing, uh, and I'll I'll set the backdrop on that beyond the fact that they suck at everything. Um, he is third. He's third in the I think in the SEC in total rushing yards of eight hundred and eighteen. But here's the here's as I believe what's happening is them just giving up the ghost, <laughs> as they've given up. Um, yeah. He has kind of trended down. He has been held under a hundred in four of the last five games. And the last time out last week, he ran fifteen times for twenty eight yards against Florida. That is one point nine yards per carry. So Oof. against Kentucky. Does Keyshawn Vaughn go over 100 yards? I say no. I say he's under because their quarterback is coming back, right? Yes. Isn't Vanderbilt's yeah. quarterback? He was injured the last yeah, few and he's weeks. Been, he's yeah. been no great shakes, but they've been horrible uh, right. without him. And worse, even worse without him. So, um, yes. Uh, so, so I'll uh, make that my, like, X factor, that the quarterback's coming back and that will help Kentucky keep Keyshawn Vaughn under because they'll get behind. I don't know. Yeah, Riley Neal's coming back. He he only had, he had uh, eight passing attempts against Missouri, four against South Carolina, and then sat out the Florida game. Uh, he's coming back. But his claim to fame is six touchdown passes and four interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not great. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say under as well. Uh, hopefully we'll differ on some of these. But, I mean, Kentucky, look, Kentucky's not uh, some run-stuffing juggernaut, so it won't shock me. If Vaughn goes over 100, uh, Kentucky's 12th in the league in run defense, giving up 165 uh, rushing yards a game. But I just feel like I, I just think this will be this this feels like a game that Kentucky will go dominate because they they'll be mad. Yeah, that's uh, kind of how I feel you know, about it too. They'll they'll be desperate. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, the other thing I would point out is the the defense has been good. Uh, yeah, you know, relative to everything else going on. The last two weeks total, uh, Missouri and Tennessee, they the both those opponents averaged under four yards a carry. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say under there. Um, switch into the other side of the ball, where just to remind everybody, just catch you up if you're just now somehow just now jumping into the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, but if you're just joining us, uh, to recap, Vanderbilt sucks at everything, and um, so we're gonna say over under. Lynn Bowden 
uh, 100 rushing yards in this game. I'm going over. Uh, maybe even 200 yards in that game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he's not like he's never done it before, and he's done it against a bad, a bad run defense. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, I think we probably should have, maybe I should have set, the, set it at like a buck 50 for this game. Probably. Uh, yeah, we should have gone 200. That's what we yeah. should do with this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lynn's number. almost a given. Yeah, so far in four games as a quarterback, he's got a 196 against Arkansas, which is kind of the similar defense he's faced. 8.2 yards a carry, uh, 99 against Georgia. And, again, he would have been over 100 in that game if not for a couple penalties. Uh, 204 against Missouri, yeah. 9.7 yards a carry. And then 114 against Tennessee. And, obviously, everybody's talking about the one yard he couldn't get. But uh, uh, just a monster uh, rush run of rushing performances so far. 712 yards on the season now, in, in, you know, in the mix to get to 1,000 which would be remarkable for a guy moving to quarterback <laughs> yes. uh, from wide receiver. The, the one question here, the, the one fly in the ointment, I guess, is you know, if they play Sawyer Smith at all, you know, a lot, you know, put him in with, if they plan to put him in for a few specific plays and he does well and they leave him in, you know, does that cut into Lynn's Rushing total, and then the other one being, if you're if you're Vanderbilt, do you find a way to just completely sell out on stopping Lynn as a runner? Although everybody that's played him to this point knows he's going to run, and and still yeah. hasn't really been able to do that. So right. I'm still going to go over in that one, and uh, I think we have to take a little break. We, we got we'll have one more uh, one more of the uh, statistical over unders, and then you and I will pick scores, and we'll talk a little uh, a different kind of topic for Lynn Bowden. Yes, indeed. That's when Locked On Kentucky continues. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I think the, the last over-under I want to I get to in this game, and it, it sort of ties in a couple of things. Uh, as you mentioned, they are supposed to get their quarterback back in this one, um, Riley Neal. I mentioned at the top, as I was outlining, uh, that Vanderbilt sucks at everything. Uh, they they are last in the league in sacks allowed, 23 sacks allowed in nine games. Um, that's a lot. You know, they're trending for well over 30. Um, uh, so I'm going to set the, I'm going to set the over under, uh, let's say two and a half. Does Kentucky get two and a half over or under two and a half sacks? Against Vanderbilt. Two and a half. I'm going to go over. Uh, I'll say like three to three and a half. I think, and I, I'll even think that, uh, say, name them. I, I think Calvin Taylor's got at least one, and then possibly Boogie Watson or Josh Paschal. Uh, those are the top three candidates in my mind. Um, you know, of course, DeAndre Square could get in there as well, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan Wright, some others. Kentucky hasn't been great at getting to the passer, but they've they've been okay. The, obviously, when you lose the all-time school leader in in sacks and Josh Allen, just a total monster, there's going to be a drop off. But they're yeah. you know kind of middle of the pack in the SEC. They've had 20 sacks in nine games. They've gone three or more in a game. Let's see, one, two, three, four times. Four against Toledo, three each against South Carolina and Arkansas, and four against Missouri. Um, 
so I, yeah, I'll say I'll say they uh, I'll say they go over as well. We weren't supposed to agree on all these, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is Vanderbilt sucks at everything. Right. So, That's um, pretty bad. You know, I mean, we we went under under a hundred for for Vaughn for Vanderbilt, over a hundred for Lynn, uh, and over two and a half sacks for Kentucky. And so that that brings us to score prediction time. I think we're both going to agree on the outcome uh, that it's going to be a Kentucky win, even in Nashville. Um, I'll let you make a score prediction. What do you think? What do you think happens? Well, I think Kentucky is able to um, score three touchdowns in this game, and uh, and probably misses an extra point. And so, I will say twenty um, twenty to ten. I think it's right there. I mean, the number was eight uh, as the opening, and then uh, and then it moved to ten in favor of Kentucky, and I think that's what it's going to be about ten. I, I think Kentucky will dominate the game, but again, I think they'll have drives that they don't finish, and Vanderbilt will be able to get into the end zone and, and uh, throw up a field goal there. So I'm going to say 20 to 10 Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, the, the, crazy, the crazy stat right now when you talk about their defense is they haven't given up 30 points all season in a single game. Um, and they haven't given up over 21 in four consecutive games. Uh, seven against Missouri, 17 against Tennessee. I mean, the, the defense has done enough to win games. I mean, they only, well, gave, up, the, they only gave up 20. I mean, it was pouring rain, but they only gave up 21 points to Georgia. Um, and I think the streak is now that it's 23 consecutive games allowing 34 points or less, and that's the longest active streak in the country. And it's the longest for Kentucky since uh, 45 in a row from, like, 1976 to 1980. That's crazy. So that was the Fran Kersey era. Um, Well, and the third straight game that they – well, they allowed three points total in the first half of the last three games, Georgia, Tennessee, Missouri. And one win. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that'll haunt people and frustrate that coaching staff for sure. So I, yeah. I don't think I don't think uh, given given that Vanderbilt sucks at everything and Kentucky's scoring defense has been really good, I don't think they're going to put much on the board. Uh, and so I'm going to say, and I do think they get a little more going offensively. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31 to 13 in wow. this game. Uh, I think they're going to blow them out. I think they're going to score a little more this time. Uh, and I just I, – I, it better not be close. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, to me, right. this is just a game you've got to go win and win convincingly. Even if it's a, like an ugly win, it would be, I think, pretty alarming. But they'd certainly take it just to, to, to get to that bowl game. So, Well, against that, Arkansas, they had so many explosive runs. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember counting it up like – X amount of runs 20 plus yards or more, X amount of runs 10 plus or more, and it was it was up there. And so those explosive runs will still be there even if they're they you know the numbers don't favor them. They're still going to create cuz I, I I really think that's one thing Eddie Grant's really good at is yeah. is moving people around in different blocking schemes and and uh, disguising things and getting people in the right place to create the numbers in their favor. Even yeah. when the numbers are not in their favor, you know, right before the ball is snapped. I, I also feel like this is a kind of game where maybe Lynn isn't necessarily the the sole star. That maybe one of those running backs gets going. One of the two guys that have kind of emerged. You know, whether it be Smoke hitting a couple home runs or, or you know, just you just sledgehammer him to death with Rodriguez. Yeah. But it feels like one of them could have a really big day as well. So yeah. 
one more thing about Lynn Bowden. Well, a couple more things about Lynn Bowden uh, here. One, he's a finalist. He's one of four finalists for the Paul Horning Award um, as basically the most versatile player in college football, I guess, is essentially yeah. what that award um, yes. what that award represents, uh, which is really cool. And actually, Wandell Robinson is on that list. Um, which but- I, I think about this, Kyle, a year ago, um, just about this time, I had him on TV, Wandell, on television after he had committed to UK in an interview. And at that point, there was talk about Louisville. And he says, well, I would have to consider it, yeah, if Jeff Brom went there. But at that point, he also said, no, I'm not thinking Nebraska. And but So then, I, we're talking about one year ago, he had his mind made up to come to Kentucky. Yeah. So now, you imagine if the same situation had happened to Kentucky that they're in right now, with Wandale Robinson, there's your Lynn Bowden replacement. They might have, you know, two or three more wins. Yeah, because yeah, now you've got you've got one of them uh, taking the snaps, and the other one's still out there. Is I got to either take a handoff or catch a short pass and do something with it. Yeah, I, those jet sweeps a, would work a lot better with Wandale than they did with Josh Ali. And, and the other, you know, the other thing is, you know, beyond this year, you know, like Lynn oh. is probably gone. You know, and, and yeah. if you could replace, if you could just have that guy step into Lynn Bowden's shoes, that that would have been big, but. You know, just to kind of run down Lynn's credentials for this all, you know, basically the all-purpose award nationally, 712 rushing yards, 348 receiving yards, 253 return yards, and 213 passing yards. I don't, I can't imagine anybody else in the country has that many of everything <laughs> uh, that Lynn Bowden does. I would think, I would think he's like a shoe in to win this award. Maybe I'm crazy, but no, I would think so too because he's Kentucky's leading rusher, leading, leading receiver, receiver, leading returner, leading kick returner. <laughs> yes, so he leads in all those categories, and he's seventh nationally in all-purpose yards per game. And if he and just had like one crazy game throwing the ball, he could lead him in every category. Right. Yes. You know, that's that's the crazy thing. Like it's the kind of just from like a weird quirky statistical thing, kind of the bummer of them not being able to pass more with him is I it would just be so cool to have that stat, to have like leading passer. We have one guy who let receiver. us in, passing <laughs> rush receiver and return. It would probably probably has never happened in the history of football. Uh so so Sawyer's got 674. Lynn's only got 213. I mean, he'd have to have a couple 200-yard yeah. passing games. Probably not going to catch him. But, no. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he's a shoe in there. Then last thing on Lynn, we talk about his versatility, and I feel, I feel, like, I feel like I sort of started this movement because the other day I said, now that we know that Ashton Hagens is hurt and that they're sometimes practicing only seven guys in practice, just a thought. Lynn Bowden was a damn good play- basketball player in high school. <laughs> and that was. thing and that tweet like caught fire. There were like I think like 1500 people liked that tweet. And today yeah. Lynn Bowden tweeted at John Calipari the eyeball emojis and he said something like I'm you know I miss I do miss hooping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's got that's got everybody talking and then Mark Stoops in his final uh, pregame availability apparently said uh, just give me a few more weeks. And then we'll loan him out and then get him back for the bowl game. But, but you know, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm pretty sure nobody there is serious. I'm sure Lynn wouldn't want to risk himself one for no. the bowl game or two for the NFL. But that would be a terrific story if Kentucky basketball was so shorthanded that they, they took a football player and a baseball player 
all an all-American pitcher and an all-American wide receiver slash quarterback, <laughs> and to to just to be able to have a full practice in the basketball team. Yeah, I mean that's what Calipari has said. You know, we only got seven or eight guys out of here practicing because we don't have Dante Allen and Zan Payne is still recovering, and so like even. Those, uh, who was the other guy? Was it Welch or Canada? One or the other was injured for a little while, too. And he yeah, Canada practice. was, yeah. Yeah, so even the guys that, that are walk-ons are not doing their part because <laughs> they're they're injured. Um, it would be amazing. I clearly do not expect it and think they're just playing around. But, I mean, those videos from him in high school of, of dunking and even – like he put out something his senior year where he was like out there throwing down on people. Yeah, uh, I think he was like honorable mention all state. He averaged twenty four points, seven assists, and six rebounds as a senior. Yeah, I mean he was a he was a certifiable like baller. He he could you know I talked to I wrote a big story on uh, Ahmad Wagner earlier this year who obviously yeah. played three years at Iowa, and I was like who's the best hooper on this team? He's like Lynn Bowden could play college basketball. Like he's he could play Division one basketball. He's really good. Well, uh, Vince Merrow told me that he, when he recruited, when he was offering Bowden, like he offered Bowden while Bowden was on the bus with his basketball team on the way to a state tournament game, and he called the basketball coach to talk to him. Oh, yeah. And was like, hey, is Lynn on your bus? Like, yeah, let me talk to him. And he, <laughs> he offered him a scholarship, and he his freshman year. Oh, wow. So, so he's been playing basketball, you know, yeah. all along. Well, right I mean, along when, with you, football. when you look at this sort of, his build and his skill set and just how shifty and explosive he is. You can imagine what kind of guard he would be yeah. um, on the basketball court. Uh, Breaking way, actually, ankles. Actually, 1,600 people liked that tweet about Lynn Bowden when I tweeted about it on uh, whatever it was yesterday, I guess. Uh, wow. That, so he must is, have saw is, it. I guess. I mean, that, yeah. is a, that is a lot for just a kind of random throw, throwaway tweet. It is, uh, and, and and also just to you know, as I'm like scrolling through this now, I hadn't really looked at it since I put it out there. Um, a, there were a bunch of people saying, "What about Ahmad Wagner?" He, as I understand it, I, I, this could be wrong, but I actually asked somebody official over at UK. Um, the way the clocks work, the NCAA clocks work, Wagner couldn't join the basketball team after football because uh, his basketball eligibility is up. He played three years of basketball. Then he came and played a year last year on the football team, and this is his fifth year. Yeah. But essentially, because he played a sport last year, that was that that burned up his basketball eligibility because he's played you know sports for four years. Now you do get an extra year for that new sport that you switch to, if that all makes sense. Anyway. Okay, so you get people, yeah that was like uh, Brandon Whedon, who was the quarterback uh, at. Like Oklahoma State. Right, he was a baseball player, right? First. Yeah, he was. Well, I was in Columbus, Georgia when he played for the Columbus Catfish. Like, I covered him as a pitcher. And then, like, I leave Columbus, and I'm back in Lexington, and I'm watching football, and there he is as their quarterback. I'm like, dude, I thought you were a baseball player. <laughs> so he left college and was a pro. You know, oh, wow, that's paid. crazy. And so I didn't know how all that worked. Another but, super um, dumb thing about the NCAA. Oh, it's fine if you go get paid in one sport and then come back, and you have to, but you have to be an amateur in your new sport. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Speaking of the NCAA, James Wiseman news. We'll talk about that and some Kentucky basketball signings when Locked On Kentucky returns. <laughs> this is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we close out today's Locked on Kentucky podcast with uh, 
a little bit of news from the UK basketball side of things. Kentucky tweeted out the, the basketball account that Terrence Clark, the number one shooting guard in the 2020 class and the number four overall prospect, uh, has signed uh, on uh, Thursday, along with four-star power forward Lance Ware, uh, six foot nine, two fifteen. He's ranked number thirty-three in the 2020 class. Uh, by the way, I read Chris Fisher of 24/7 Sports say that uh, Clark is the second highest UK signee. Uh, since Scal Labissier in 2015. Labissier was number two overall. Of course, Kentucky fans hoping uh, Clark works out a little better. Yeah. Scal. Yeah, that was not that, – that experiment did not work out great. But uh, That I, led to the comment, you're a fraud if you don't have a post presence. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I actually – I like Clark a lot. I think uh, I think he's going to be a really fun player. He's a, a, got a cool personality. He's the kid whose mom came out and said – uh, that uh, they have on, have it on video, basically that like my son's not really a Duke player. Like Duke is like Carlton Banks, and uh, <laughs> Kentucky is like Will Smith. <laughs> wow, <laughs> which I did is not see you know that. that's the way you endear yourself immediately to Kentucky fans. Um, yes, he's going to be really. I, I didn't fun realize that's a great analogy though. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so he he has signed. Uh, Cameron Fletcher actually has signed as well. Uh, and oh, Lance, he did sign. Uh, yeah, and Lance Ware has signed. So the only one that's uh, uh, committed and officially in the 2020 class and not signed is uh, – B.J. Boston. B.J. Boston. He's supposed yeah. to send in his paperwork this week. Devin Askew, the 2020 point guard, he won't make anything official until the spring. He's going to play his high school season and, and then decide. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> break the news to you. It would be a stunner if he doesn't uh, sign in that spring signing period and and uh, and join Kentucky next season. So um, everything is going according to plan there for Kentucky. They haven't had anybody bail off the ship. It's that's a weird thing about basketball. A nice thing, but but kind of a weird thing. Like there's really hardly ever any flips in recruiting because there's this gentlemanly agreement in basketball. So maybe, rare. Maybe because it's coaches just going, look, we have very small rosters and one yeah. guy flipping could just ruin us. Um, yeah. Let's agree not to do that to each other. I, I assume that's what it is. Um, but you know, college football, they're like openly coaches are like, you know, openly working to flip guys up until signing day. Yeah. They're uh, ruthless. The night before we've heard Vince Merrill oh, say, yeah. I was on the phone with this kid past midnight. Oh, sometimes trying yeah, to keep and, him. <laughs> well, and Vin, you know, Vince and others, they'll stay on the phone just so they won't be on the phone with the other schools. coach. <laughs> right. Like not cause they have anything to say. Like let's okay. Give me your top 100. rap. <laughs> give me your top 100 rap songs of all time. Go. Um, <laughs> But, greatest yeah. greatest filibuster hits of uh, recruiting coaches. coaches. I, that, now, that would be a fun story. Like, what's the dumbest conversation starter <laughs> that you threw out there just to keep a kid talking so nobody, no other coach could get on the line with them? And I'm sure it was much easier to do that when there were just landlines. Like, I bet there are some great stories where from the days when if you had them on the line and anybody else called, they were just getting that busy tone, which right. – the youngsters yeah. listen to us probably have no idea what that sound even is. No. But the dee, 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 dee. Yeah. Uh, those would be great. Um, but, yeah, everything, everything is, is copacetic there for Kentucky in terms of signing this 2020 class. But their, their biggest target in the 2019 class, his saga continues. They lost out on James Wiseman, the number one player in 2019, uh, when Memphis hired his high school coach and AAU coach, Penny Hardaway, which became a relevant issue 
recently when it came forward that uh, Wiseman was and his family were paid $11,500 by Penny out of his own pocket to move him from Nashville to Memphis to play for Memphis East. Uh, uh, yeah, if that didn't happen, maybe he does come to Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's why it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, the interest, there were so many interesting things about it. One that that was just out there and really nobody at Memphis or Penny was denying that piece of it. It was just like, well, what? I was just helping a guy out. It was before I was the coach at Memphis. Um, <laughs> and the other interesting piece was that James Wiseman's family, I think pretty foolishly, uh, under the advice of some lawyers, by the way, the law firm, it's got a bunch of different names, but the first two in the law firm name is Ballin, Ballin, Fishman, and something else. But I love that his lawyers are Ballin and Ballin. <laughs> Dewey, um, Cheatham, and Hal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dewey, Cheatham, and Hal, that's great. Um, but he filed a lawsuit against the NCAA and then basically said, I'm going to play. And Memphis said, okay, we got his back. He's going to play. Uh, kind of thumbing their nose at the NCAA. Well, today's news is they've dropped that lawsuit, and essentially the law firm put a statement saying, like, mm, James realized maybe this was, like, screwing himself mm-hmm. over, essentially is what it says. Yeah. Uh, so the lawsuit's been dropped, and then now there's all these reports that you know, the NCAA and Memphis are working out a deal, quote-unquote. So I assume what is to come, since he's not actually sat out any, they've played him in the face of this, he'll serve some kind of suspension, a handful of games, probably. Maybe they sit him until the conference season. I don't know. I have no idea like what that would look like. But it seems like that situation is going to resolve itself. I can't imagine he would have dropped the lawsuit if he didn't have some assurance that he's not going to be forced to sit out the whole year. Right. Um, or if it was going to be some exorbitant amount. And honestly, I don't want the kid to have to sit out. Cal Perry came out and said it. He's a great kid. I don't want him to have to sit out. The guy that right. should be getting hell rained down on him should be the coach who paid yes. him. Yes. Exactly. You know, Penny Hardaway. He's the um, one who should serve the suspension. And and maybe that's part of the deal they're working out. Maybe Penny volunteers, you know, and, and if you want to, I mean, if you want to endear yourself to recruits in addition to paying them, uh, if you take the fall for them, uh, you know, if you say, I served right. myself up on a platter and I'm going to sit out five games, that, that actually would come off looking pretty good for Penny. I have no idea if that's in the works, but uh, I imagine we'll have some answers here shortly on that, so. How much money was was uh, in question with with Ennis Cantor that the issue? I was... think he got paid like I, I I wasn't covering the team then, but I feel like it was like thirty thousand dollars that he got yeah. paid as a professional, as right. a teenager in Turkey or whatever. Um, maybe it wasn't even that much, but I mean it wasn't even, like yeah. it wasn't a crazy amount. Um, yeah. And they just wouldn't work it out. Yeah, they just couldn't work it out. I'm sure he's <laughs> sitting there going like, "Come on, guys." Um, yeah. The... The NCAA is just such a joke. I mean, uh, I mean, what what James Wiseman essentially does goes, oh, you're going to rule me ineligible? I got some lawyers that uh, yeah, that I'm going to play anyway. To tough, yeah. tough, tough so, news. Yeah. Well, I'm and, do this. Yeah, and, and the embodiment of how what a joke it is is that last night, uh, Will Wade took his LSU team. <laughs> To play at VCU, his former school, which, by the way, VCU has got the coolest, smartest uh, buyout clauses in their coaches' contracts. Yes, they, they do. If you, if you leave, that's cool, but you have to agree to you bring to your new team and play there. <laughs> so they did that, and VCU beat them. Which, that is And, and awesome. on top of VCU beating LSU, all the students were, a lot of the students were wearing FBI jackets and costumes, 
and they were like offering money, fake play money <laughs> to the LSU players, which I thought was was hilarious. That is uh, high level trolling right and, there. And well some, thought out. Yeah, and it was some good kind of karmic uh, karmic energy that he had to bring his team back there and get taunted in that way and lose uh, to a mid major. So um, yeah, that was uh, the fact that he's not. That he's that he is still coaching LSU. Right. Bill Wade is still coaching LSU after yeah. what we know. I mean, he is on tape <laughs> discussing a player by name about a good, a strong ass offer, uh, and that coach and that player are currently leading that team. Um, <laughs> it's just like, okay, do you have any teeth, NCAA? Yeah. Do you have any sort of uh, influence? You well, know, if they're not going to punish him, they're not going to punish him. Then this was I. I I'll take this. That last night was was. I'll take that as punishment. If if the NCAA is not going <laughs> to yeah. do anything about it, I will take him yeah. going to VCU, losing and being absolutely humiliated on TV. Yeah, uh, being mocked. Because it in was. That way. Yeah, it was an absolute humiliation. Yeah. So that's where we are uh, in the world of of college basketball. <laughs> uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, uh, we've we've just wrapped up our first week together. Uh, Dan is my new co-host. It's been great. That's right. Hopefully, Hopefully everybody listening feels like they are up to speed on everything that's happened this week and uh, football and basketball. And we will be back Monday to review whatever goes down. <laughs> yeah, well, John Calipari is going to talk on Sunday ahead of uh, the game Monday night. And then, of course, Saturday, Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So Yeah, we'll have uh, a little football and basketball on the Monday's episode. Yeah, hopefully we're not talking fire stoops on Monday. Fire stoops. <laughs> yeah www.fire80grand.com. <laughs> is that out? Does that exist? Let me, let me I, don't, go I don't know. Are you going there right now to yeah, see I'm if gonna, that's out Before there? we hang up, let's see. All right. com. <laughs> well, while uh, you're doing that, I'll tell it you. Does not, it does not exist. Does not Good exist. job, guys. Good job, well, folks. Lose to Vanderbilt, it will be up there. But well, yeah. actually, Stoops will be up there first. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at D R I E F F E R, and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs>